Sprints out. Looking. Stops. In trouble. And he gets decked at the 30-yard line. Wow. What a hit. And that's Perry on Winfrey. Here's Mertz. In the pocket. And he gets rushed. Wow. Daxton Hill shot out of a pin. Presley, the wide receiver, just got lit up. J.L. Skinner laying the wood. Welcome back to WIDP Ground. I'm Hollywood. I'm joined by Justice and... Rock, what's going on, guys? Not much, man. How you doing? Just watching this uh, Cowboys-Buccaneers game. Whole lot of nothing going on over here. Whole lot of nothing? Yeah. Whole lot of nothing. So, I hope you all had wonderful holidays, and we took a little break over the holidays. We're back. It's a new year. It's a new choppy. I don't know about that, but we'll see. <laughs> a nicer choppy? Not, well, I don't know about that. I don't know about that either, but we'll see. Man, I, I can't commit to that kind of a statement. That's <laughs> hey man, we got He's a new coach. Nicer to you, huh? We got a new coach since I was last here, you know. So you have. How excited are you? you got, and for those that don't know, it's Matt Rule who used to coach the Panthers. He's uh he's now the new chief in charge for the Corn Huskers. Uh, my excitement level than anything, Nebraska stays pretty tempered, you know, so it's probably about like the level <laughs> two is all, you know, so um, we're we'll, we'll just taking the wait and see approach there, so. All right, all right. Well, maybe this will be your guys' uh, Josh Heupel. Kitchen's turned around, back on track, make you relevant again. Uh, I don't know. It's a pretty steep climb, so we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> I used to think that with my balls, but we got lucky so far, knock on wood. Yeah. Seems, seems like we've hit the jackpot. I don't know if that's. Well, I mean, they, they you know, getting that veteran quarterback with Hooker helped them out a ton last year yeah. and this year, right? And so next year is going to be a huge tell with Milton or if they go Zuka with that, Joe. That, uh, Zuka Joe, yeah. Nico, however you say his last name, actually turns out to be the prodigy everybody thinks he is. Or something. Yeah, yeah, whatever. I, I'm just going to call him Nico Hub. <laughs> call, so, call him Slender Man. Yeah, Slender Man. <laughs> Slender Man. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, like, but uh, we'll see. So the the next era. So traditionally says they last about three or four years, though, and then move on to the next guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've seen you. It's working a little bit. You're getting some uh, recruits coming in and. Looks like it's headed in the right direction so far. We'll see. Yeah, well, recruiting class like ratings never been the problem. It's been the what they do once they get there, right? So, ODU still right. sucks. So, what's that? I said ODU still sucks, but we did get a new offensive coordinator, which is I'm excited about. But we haven't got a new quarterback yet, which we desperately need. They are so uh, really the. Uh, it's not really the landing spot destination, is it? 
Well, I mean, the offensive coordinator last year who is at Fordham, but they, they had like they 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 uh, had over six hundred yards of offense per game. Yeah. Well, and that window's closed now too, right? Like, it was today the last day or tomorrow or something well, like that where they can enter? It might be tomorrow. Might be the last day to enter, but you don't have to declare where you're going. You just have to. Be no, there. they could. They don't have to, but they got to enter it, and then they can't do anything till what May. I think they can't enter again time. until May. Yeah. So. Um. But you, you you would think from a you you would think they would want to enter soon because I know like ODU I think starts starts tomorrow. I think most of the uh, spring semester start here probably this week. And so usually you have, what, like maybe seven to ten days to do a uh, ad drop. Yeah. So I would say if someone hasn't announced, let's say, in the next two weeks, then, yeah, they're going to be waiting. Yeah, they're not going to – I don't know if that portal for everybody free. that, you know, for every player that gets picked up, you know, there's probably two that don't. So. Yeah. At least picked up to where they think they're going to go. I mean, I, I'm sure as that's more prevalent, you'll see more stats on it and more, you know, this is what we see on it and stuff like that. But uh, they've got uh, they've got a lot of uh, what I see now. It seems like what half go back to half go to like lower conferences or something like that, and then like yeah. another twenty percent go to the G five. Yeah, I mean, very rare do you see the see it working out for everyone so i don't know we'll see but there's only about what half a division one football players in it right now (laughs) (laughs) yep so we just concluded the season and georgia is your champions again for the second year in the row and boy, they made TCU just look god awful. I mean, that was which they most they make most people look awful. But sheesh, I, I I didn't expect TCU to win, but I thought they played a little closer than that. Well, Kirby, Kirby was at least within thirty points. I mean, <laughs> Kirby was out to prove a point. Yep. I mean, he, was. he got you know all the the Cinderella story, and you know he got fired up. Like I mean, I he would have man. If time would have allowed, he would have hung hundred on those guys if he could have. Oh yeah, you know, I mean, he. he I mean, they, just, they did have like third string guys in there, so weren't you know? Yeah, well, I mean, well, they're, later. Still, they're still effective, so you know, I mean, they. Yeah, yeah, it's he, not like they were backing off the play, Colin. Rob no. was it Branson Robinson or whatever his name was. He was just. Now I mean, he was he was out to prove a point. Like you know, we're Georgia, we're the big dog right now. You know, it ain't it ain't Alabama, it's Georgia, and. They're going to be talking about this game here for years to come, right? <laughs> so, yeah. largest uh, largest victory margin in bowl history, right? Man, it was th- it was that was hard to watch. I think I read that somewhere. I don't. It, it, someone could fact check me because I could be wrong. It probably am, but it sounds like a good narrative, so I'm going with it. No, I, I think it is the largest win. That's rough, rough. And then the other piece of news that's kind of happened while we were away was, and I'm sure everybody knows by now, but the NCAA has expanded the college football playoffs to 12 teams, and that will start in the 2024 season. So we've got this coming season, 
at our current uh, setup, and then we we move to the twelve, which I love. I love it. It's you're getting your big names in there, uh, your conference champions for the most part are getting in there, and you're still leaving the opportunity for these smaller schools. Well, they guarantee they're guaranteed at least one spot, right? Right, right. Lots for the highest rated G five school, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think that's for those schools. That's all you can really ask for, right? Because uh, yeah. you're not SEC level, you're not Big Ten, you're not Big Twelve or ACC. Tulane well, did beat South USC, so that's true. They did, and what a game that was! That was that was a great game. That that might have been the game of the year right there. It, it really might have because that thing was just insanity oh, from the, start the, to finish. The two semifinal games were were good games. Oh, they were great. Yeah, yeah. I, I still, I still, I still do not understand how that one uh, Michigan, what, how that wasn't a touchdown. I don't, I don't. To this day, I don't. Yeah, didn't his butt hit like at the two inch line or something? His butt landed in his ass, landed in the end zone. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's what it looked like to me. Yeah, I don't. I, 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 for the life of me, I can't figure out how that wasn't a touchdown. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure on that either. So. But yeah, um, 2022 is in the books. We're looking ahead at 2023. Um, Speaking of, we wanna congratulate our listener league winners, which was um, Dwight Peoples um, won the campus side of our listener league and FF Bannerman. Todd won the NFL side, and I've got their addresses. And let's see. Here. So they and should probably they, they should be scared. Hollywood has their address. No, no. Be afraid. No, because be very I want to afraid. thank our. Uh, I want to thank our uh, sponsors at Trophy Smack. For those that you can see, there's two rings, one for each. So I'll be sending those out to them. They are kind enough to support us every year with rings for our listener league. So we thank them for that. Um, Justice can tell you they're nice quality, heavy rings. So if you're looking for something, yeah, he won two last year. I think he cheated, but you know, (laughs) we're still investigating that. So, you know, there's an asterisk by his name for now. So I made it back to the championship game this year. I just didn't win. And you made it to the championship you made it to the – you lost the NFL championship, right, Hollywood? Yep, yep. I made it to the uh, NFL side of the championship, and, and Todd knocked me out. So, um, But, yeah, so we like to congratulate Todd and, and Dwight on their championship runs. Enjoy it because that will be your last ones. Um, kind of speaking on that, we have – correct me if I'm wrong, fellas – two – Three. Okay, that's what that's where I was going. We have three openings in the WIDP Ground Listener League. C to C Listener League. Yeah. It's normally been a free league, but we've decided this year we're going to put a small fee on it to make it a little more interesting, uh, keep people involved a little bit. And uh, so if you're interested in that, Hit one of us three up, and we can uh, 
we'll get you set up. But there's three teams that are that can be took over, and nothing was wrong. Some of them just you know they cutting back or it just wasn't for them. So, but if you want to try it out, hit us up. Let us know. We would be more than happy to get you set up and and help you out with that. Um. Debbie IDP grind players of the year for last year. So mine was Jackson Mitchell, linebacker from UConn. Um, 140 tackles, 52 solos, 88 assists. Uh, his 140 tackles was fourth in the nation. And he added nine and a half tackles for a loss, four and a half sacks, an interception, three PBUs, two forced fumbles, five fumble recoveries. And he returned one for a touchdown, and he was a Butkus Award semifinalist for the nation's best linebacker. Oh, is it my turn? <laughs> Sorry. New Year. I, I forget to check the show sheet sometimes, and I wonder where you guys are going. Then I remember to do it. Um, so mine was linebacker Cedric Gray from North Carolina. He made 82 solo tackles, so he made more by himself than he got 63 helpers, which is kind of not the MO of some of these other guys. Um, 145 total, one sack, 12 tackles for losses, two picks, three force fumbles, three recoveries. The guy's a beast, and I think he's going back to UNC for another he year, is. if I'm not mistaken. He so is. He is. Hang on to him, man. Jackson Mitchell's returning, too. Mitchell's returning too, yeah, because he's not good enough to go to the NFL. <laughs> unlike my boy. <laughs> Sorry, Jackson Mitchell. I love you, but <laughs> it's the truth. Uh, my uh, my player of the year should not really be a surprise, but it's uh, he's linebacker the- Jason Henderson from Old Dominion. He had 58 solos, 128 assists for 186 total tackles. Uh, he had one sack, 10 tackles for loss, and he was a second-team All-American this year. First time, well, at least on the FBS level, the first time uh, I'm pretty sure anyone from Old Dominion's made a first or second-team All-American. Well, they've only been in there, like, what, how many years now? FBS, so... Let's see. Our first ever game was 2009. So I guess 2012 ish or so. We were FBS. So maybe 10 years, somewhere around there, eight to 10 years. Now I know in the FCS we we had All Americans because Heineke won the, um, I forget what the award's called, but basically the FCS Heisman. Um, but I'm pretty sure Henderson's the first time we've had all American since we moved up. Yeah. Yeah. Henderson did. He had a good year. He had a, a lot of helpers. He did. He, he had, had a lot of year. helpers. That's right. So. Yeah. 120 of them. 128 of them. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's insane though. For that many helpers. I mean, I, I know you get a lot of assists, depending on your scoring, but whew, I don't well, know I think, that I've ever skewed like that. I think some of that's the disparity in like stadium to stadium and conference to conference and how those things are scored. Right. And that's, you know, one of the, 
And, and, and it, it's even like that in the NFL. I mean, sometimes you see games where, you know, you're kind of like, I don't know how they got there. And, you know, I think for as advanced as the NFL and college football are on metrics and stats and stuff like that, you know, like, you know, that whole tackle package is still kind of blurred a little bit. So. And, and I think, you know, the, the, the defense the ODU runs helps that, right? There's really only two linebackers on the field. So, yeah. Um, and the, and the fact that the offense was so bad. Well, that's, I mean, that's most teams right now though, playing with the two linebackers. I mean, that's NFL, that's college, that's everybody, right? You're seeing the, you know, the three line guys and your couple edges and your, you know, one or two linebackers is all you see anymore. So, I mean, there's a few yeah. different, you know, I guess, you know, Nebraska, they're going hell bent on that three, three, five this year. So that'll, Sure, Ohio State will love that. So, all right. So that is our three IDP players of the year: Jackson Mitchell, Cedric Gray, and Jason Henderson. Um, now we're going to move on to the fantasy IDP corner end of the season with Justice. Uh, he's going to wrap up. Uh, what was the 2022 season? So I'll let him get started on that. Uh, you already covered the listener league. So I'll just start with the, uh, the scoring for IDPs. So in the listener league, 16 team league, um, old dominion justice, myself finished the regular season with the top IDP team total of 1,889 points. SMU, which choppy's team finished second. 185.2 points behind, and Tennessee is Hollywood's team finished fifth, uh, 387 points behind. And the Campus to Canton League, which is a 20 team league that Choppy is the commissioner. Uh, Choppy's team, Nebraska, finished the regular season as the top IDP team total with 1,318 and a half points. Old Dominion, my team, finished second, 16 points behind. And Tennessee and Hollywood finished 12th, 368.4 points behind. Uh, Legends, 16-team league, also run by Choppy. Uh, my team, the South Park Cows, finished first uh, with uh, 1,439.1 points. Minnesota State Screaming Eagles, which is Choppy's team, finished second, 88 points behind. And Nassau Rebels, Hollywood, finished seventh. 481.6 points behind. And the last league is Toonland. It's a 24-team league. Uh, my team, which is Captain Caveman, finished the regular season with the top IDP team total of 1,324.6 points. Second place was Rocky and Bullwinkle, Steve Jackson, uh, 61.58 points behind. The uh, WIDP Grind IDP All Fantasy Team, and that's just based strictly based on their point totals for the 2022 season. So at defensive end, we have Vilia Mahi Fajoko from San Jose State with 150 points. Defensive end, Jose Ramirez, Eastern Michigan, 149 points. Uh, DN slash tackle, Thomas Incombe, Central Michigan. 138 points, and DN slash tackle, Jordan Ferguson, Middle Tennessee State, 137 points. 
the uh, the all all first team linebackers, linebacker Jason Henderson, Old Dominion, two hundred thirty nine points. Linebacker Jackson Mitchell, UConn, two hundred thirty two points. And linebackers Cedric Gray, North Carolina, two hundred and nineteen points. And the final linebacker was Sean Dolak, Buffalo, two hundred and seventeen points. In the backfield, we got safety Jason Taylor from Oklahoma State, 186 points. Safety slash cornerback Kenny Logan Jr. from Kansas with 172 points. Cornerback uh, Bentley Sanders from Nevada, 170 points. And safety slash cornerback DeMarco Helms from Alabama, 168 points. If you're interested in seeing how the... uh, top IDP or how all, any of the IDP guys scored um, for college uh, for the 20, 2022 season. All the information is posted up on the Campus to Canton website, where in addition to the fancy points, you also find their statistics as well as their 24-7 stars and recruiting class. Awesome. Good stuff. Um, uh, we want to thank MFL, my fantasy league, for sponsoring our listener leagues on the NFL side. Fan tracks, you know, they take care of us on the college side. Well, I won't say take care of us, but they are our hosts, so we got, we need to be nice to them for that as much as we uh, berate them <laughs> at times. Um, but hopefully they'll, they'll get better at it. But, um, yeah, again, if you're interested in the listener league um, – let us know. Reach out to us. I think it was what twenty justice is what we're twenty bucks. Yep. So that means ten would go to the campus, ten go to the NFL side, Canton side. Uh, just nothing big. Just something to make it a little interesting. Like I said, you get the nice rings if you win um, to go along with the bragging rights. So again, if you're interested in that, please uh, reach out to us and we'll get you set up. Um, Thank you to Trophy Smack for the rings. So if you're in other leagues or you're a commish like Chop is of certain things and you want to get something nice for your um, winners, go check out Trophy Smack. You can get their uh, get the link in my bio on the Hollywood Titan Twitter. Uh, click it and get your discount and all that good stuff. Um, so for our five-star topic, and since – Justice, we did this wrong. How about we let Mr. <laughs> know it all down here lead the way with what we're doing? What? Yeah, this is your segment. Well, but my stuff's not <laughs> posted on the freaking show sheet, so I got to go find another well, that's, sheet. That's I'm not ready. Not it's not even fair. My fault. No, nah, so we're going to go through and we're going to talk about <laughs> some breakout players from uh, – we kind of pared it down so it's like uh, college football can be pretty enormous, right? So uh, I took the SEC and the Big Ten for breakout players. Um, Hollywood took the G5 schools, and Justice took the Big 12, the PAC, whatever it is, and the ACC. ACC. And, uh, you know, just to kind of get some names that probably, you know, weren't necessarily on anybody's radar uh, before this year and i think they kind of had some big years and like you know whether it's for a uh um, nfl purposes in a debbie league or you know production purposes if you got a c2c idp league um you know some guys that you probably check out this off season and like look at acquiring as you go forward right so um so 
my first guy, we'll start at defensive tackle. And is it okay, like, if I do mine and then you guys do your defensive tackle and we just, like, rotate through like that? That's how many have you on that. Sure. I mean, I'm my, my list is way longer because I misunderstood the assignment. But, yeah. Yeah, you got, well, like, 1,400 players on there. So, Justice could have a whole show <laughs> if he wanted to. So, um, I, I just closed all my links. Great. Way to go, Brock. But, uh, my, my so, my defensive tackle breakout is uh, – Zerhan Newton from Illinois, um, three-star recruit in the 2019 class, I believe. And Pro Football Reference doesn't like me sometimes. Old, please hold. Um, gosh dang it! I, I don't. I have his stats in front of me because I'm struggling right now because Hollywood messed up. So. Um, I could probably tell you what Newtons were real quick. <laughs> I have no doubt it's my fault. Well, does this name have like a apostrophe in it or something? That's what's killing me. I don't know. Newton. He had, um... 28 solos, 33 assists, 61 total, uh, t- 14 tackles for loss, five and a half sacks, three pass deflections, and two fumble recoveries. Yeah, so good year for him. I think he's a redshirt sophomore. Um, yeah, that looks right. Yep. If I'm not mistaken. So he, uh, you know, I think he kind of came out of nowhere and, uh, you know, is someone to keep an eye on. Definitely, you know, I think. His trick, though, is he's you know kind of a tweener on that defensive line as far as where he fits size-wise. Um, probably not a true inside guy, you know, but maybe not a true edge right now too. So you know what he does to develop over the next uh, couple years, you know, probably next year for sure will be interesting. So we'll go on to uh, one of you guys for your uh, D tackle, and I'll try to get my shit together over here. <laughs> You want to go Hollywood? Yeah, I can go. Um, so for my uh, D tackle, I went with Carl Brooks from Bowling Green. Um, really, he was a uh, non-ranked as a recruit, um, which you tend to see in some of these um, G five groupings. Uh, but he plays for Eastern Michigan. 66 tackles, 19 and a half tackles for a loss, which was fourth in the nation. 12 sacks was second in the nation, and he was the MAC defensive player. Or, I mean, yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. I looked at the wrong line. Let me back up. Carl Brooks, Bowling Green, non ranked, 50 Green. tackles. <laughs> yes, 50 tackles, 18 TFLs. 10th in the nation, 10 sacks, two forced fumbles, and four PBUs. Um, you know, I went back and watched some of his tape from previous years, and you could, and even in his numbers, you could kind of see the the ability, playmaking ability he had from the interior. Um, but this year, it just kind of all come together for him, and he, he was a force for them up front. He caused a lot of problems. I think he had a streak – I'd have to go back and double check, but I think he had a streak of at least one game or one sack in like six or seven straight games. So, I mean, he was forced for them. So I, I misunderstood the assignment a little bit and I actually 
did each individual conference. So, hey, it's it's more information for our listeners, right? Right. Never so, have too much. So for the ACC, my breakout defensive tackle was Dwayne Carter from Duke. He's a redshirt sophomore. Um, he has two years left. He's a he was a three star recruit in the class of 2019. He had 21 tackles, 15 assists, 36 total tackles, five and a half sacks, 11 tackles for loss, and four pass deflections and three forced fumbles. Um, also, I had a honorable mention, and that was Rook Orhoro from. Are you having like a stroke over there or something? From Clemson. Uh, he has he's a redshirt junior has one year left. He was only a three star recruit, um, also in the class of 2019. He had 13 solos, 10 assists, 23 total, uh, four sacks, eight TFLs, and five pass deflections. For the Big 12, my defensive tackle breakout of the year was Tony Bradford, Texas Tech. He's a redshirt junior. He has one year left. He's a three-star in the class of 2019. 22 tackles, 10 assists, 32 total, five and a half sacks, and nine tackles for lost. He is returning for uh, 2023. My honorable mention is a true freshman, Demonic Williams from TCU. I believe he was also maybe a third team or a honorable honorable mention freshman All-American. Uh, he was a, a three-star recruit uh, in the class of 2022. He had 12 solos, 15 assists, 27 total, one and a half sacks, uh, four and a half uh, TFLs, and one um, forced fumble. And then for the Pac-12, my defensive tackle breakout was Simone Peppa from Utah. He is a redshirt freshman. He uh, has three years left. He's a three-star in the class of 2019. And you say, well, if he was in the class of 2019, how is he a, a redshirt freshman? He went on a church mission after high school, um, which a lot of Utah kids do. Um, he had 13 tackles, 14 assists, 27 total, four sacks, six TFLs, and two uh, pass deflections and my honorable mention for the Pac-12 defensive tackle was Tyrone Tolini um, from USC. He's a redshirt junior. Uh, he was not ranked out of high school, but he was a he did go to JUCO first. He was a, a three-star JUCO player. Um, he had 11 tackles, 14 assists, 25 total, five sacks, seven and a half TFLs and one uh, forced fumble, and he is returning for 2023. Awesome. My turn again? Yes, sir. Yep, back to you. You need some kind of, like, introduction there, you know, or something, just just like, and on to you. <laughs> on to you, Brock. <laughs> Thank you. Um uh, edge guys or defense ends. My guy is uh, Chop Robinson for various reasons. Um, he was a, I know he was a four star recruit that went to Minnesota or Minnesota, Maryland. Um, 
pretty high recruit, but I think that uh, Penn State's really going to unlock him over the next uh, this next offseason and everything, right? He's heading into his true junior year. Um, last year, he had 26 total tackles, 10 for a loss, five and a half sacks. Um, he registered like a 17% pressure rate on uh his pass rushing you know and uh i think the uh sky's the future like the sky's the limit for him you know going forward i think uh needs to add a little bit of size and bulk to himself uh for the nfl but he's at the program to do it that's going to uh maximize your athletic abilities right so um really intrigued to see what he does this uh upcoming season and i think uh probably a guy coming out of his freshman year, maybe a lot of folks have given up on. And I don't, you know, I don't think that's the case. I'm really excited about him going forward. On to you. Right. Well, thank you, Chuck. <laughs> um, <laughs> so my edge is Jose Ramirez, uh, a non-ranked prospect uh, for Eastern Michigan. Uh 66 tackles, 19 and a half TFLs, which was fourth in the nation, 12 sacks, which was second in the nation, and he was the MAC defensive player of the year. Um, he just kind of come out of never looked back, right? From the very start, he was their top pass rusher. Kind of reminds you of uh, Max Crosby in a way. Um, that same type of mold. He just dominated this year. Um, in the Mac and uh, was rewarded for a good season. So um, I don't know if he's returning. Do we know if he's returning? I believe so. I, didn't, I don't know. I don't believe he is. I think he's in the draft uh, pool already. So um, yeah, if you had him on your team, he, he carried you, I'm sure. So now for you, justice. All right. Uh, so like, once again, I got quite a few names here for you. <laughs> Uh, so the ACC, my edge was Jared Verse, Florida State. Right, he was uh, he was he, he transferred from Albany. So I think while he had great stats at Albany, the question was how is that going to translate, you know, to, right. to the FBS and 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 a, a Power Five conference. Well, you know, I think he uh, he he adjusted really really well. He played he played he had a great year. Um, I'm actually completely shocked. That he is returning um, because it, you know, from as far as NFL draft, he would have been my number three edge, you know, going into the draft. So I, I'm, I'm really surprised that he's returning to Florida state for 2023. Um, technically he has two years left. He's only a red shirt sophomore. Um, he wasn't ranked coming out of high school. He had 22 solos, 26 assists, 48 total tackles, nine sacks, 17 TFLs. Again, you know, a great year. Um, I had two honorable mentions from the ACC. The first is Keon White from Georgia Tech. He is done. This is his last year. Um, I think most folks probably have him in the top 10 of the edge rushers for the upcoming NFL draft. He was a two-star coming out of high school, but he was a tight end. He actually was a transfer. He went to Old Dominion and then transferred from Old Dominion to Georgia Tech. He had 29 solos, 25 assists, 54 total tackles, seven and a half sacks, 14 TFLs, and one pass deflection. And I had a second honorable mention 
out of the ACC at edge too, and that is Donovan. Another another humdinger of a name, <laughs> Easy Easy Ryuka uh, from Boston College. He's a sophomore, uh, three star in the class of 2021. He had 34 solos, 27 assists, 61 total, eight and a half sacks, 14 and a half TFLs, two pass deflections, and three forced fumbles. For the Big 12, the edge, uh, my my breakout edge was Dylan Horton from TCU. He's he's unfortunately he's out of eligibility. He's someone that like moved around a lot as far as positions. Um, I think he when he came in, he was ranked a three star safety out of high school. Um, he also played some linebacker for TCU, um, but he really kind of blossomed this year uh, in that edge role. He had 32 solos, 19 assists, 51 total, 10 and a half sacks, 15 uh, TFLs, and then my uh, honorable mention from the pack from the Big 12 is Brendan Mott from Kansas State, redshirt sophomore. He was not ranked. He had 19 solos, 12 assists, 31 total tackles, six sacks, and seven TFLs. Moving to the Pac-12. Uh, my breakout edge was Tuli Tuapoloto from USC. He's only a redshirt sophomore, but he is um, he is already declared for the draft. He was a three-star in the class of 2020, 31 solos, 15 assists, 46 total tackles. He had 13 and a half sacks, 22 TFLs. And then I had two um, honorable mention edges. The first is Braylon Trice from Washington. A redshirt sophomore, uh, three-star in the class of 2019. He had 22 solos, 16 assists, 38 total, nine sacks, 12 TFLs. And then David Bailey, who I'm pretty sure we mentioned. I don't know if any one of us specifically mentioned, like we're high on him, but I know during our conference preview we mentioned him as someone to uh, look out for uh, before the season began. He's a true freshman at Stanford. He was a four-star recruit. Uh, he had 27 solo tackles, 16 assists, 43 total, one and a half sacks, uh, seven and a half TFLs, and two forced fumbles. Now on to Choppy for, I'm assuming, linebackers is next. Yeah, we'll do linebackers next. I got a couple Big Ten linebackers, actually, I went with because I couldn't pair them down. Uh, my first one is Junior Colson from uh, Michigan. Uh, he got a big opportunity this year with some of the guys that uh, weren't there last year and responded pretty well. 100 total tackles, six tackles for losses, two sacks. Um, very, uh, I think, interesting guy for the uh, NFL prospects going forward. You know, so um, keep an eye on him. Definitely, he's probably rostered in a lot of leagues, but um, you know some. Debbie leagues, you know, you drafted last summer and you don't do anything until this upcoming summer. Maybe you can grab him there. Um, another one I really like is uh, I just decided to torture myself with a name. I mean, this is Justice's de- is a pronunciation, by the way. Um, Maima Njong Mita from Wisconsin. Um, I think he really came out of nowhere and was probably on nobody's radar as far as being a key. Uh, a key part of that uh, defense there. Um, I think he was only a three, a three-star recruit coming in. 
Uh, you know, Wisconsin does a pretty good job, though, with getting these three-star players and making them something. 95 total tackles for him, 12 and a half for loss, uh, three and a half sacks. He also had an interception. So um, I, I really like him. I think he's, uh, you know, he's kind of on the smaller side of, uh, you know, what you want a linebacker to be, only six foot 227. So who knows um, what that plays for his NFL future. But I think really keep an eye on what he does at uh, Wisconsin next year and, you know, if you need somebody on a uh, C2C IDP league, I definitely have him on the uh, on the radar. Go for it there, Hollywood. Well, thank you, Brock. So my linebacker uh, breakout player was Sean Dolak, uh, another non-ranked recruit for Buffalo, uh, 147 total tackles, uh, which was number two in the nation. He had 97 solo stops, which led the entire country. Uh, 13 and a half TFLs, four and a half sacks, seven PBUs, three forced fumbles. He did a little bit of everything uh, for Buffalo. And he still, if I'm not mistaken, has two years of eligibility left. Um, kind of had to wait his turn. And he was put in a starting role this year and thrived in it. So um, definitely somebody you're going to want for your IDP Debbie rosters if you can get him uh he's not i'm assuming he's not likely to be available on your waivers but crazier things have happened uh if he is i definitely recommend picking him up right now um just a little side note because we've talked about some of these players that are returning so so like a dolak if you're like i said odds are he's not available on waivers what do you what would you guys feel comfortable giving up for him i guess let's i guess since we don't really know the rosters and stuff pick wise what would you be i, I will I, mean, like in some of our leagues for the recruiting dollars is that a big is that another option you i mean what would you all kind of i think the thing is is that there's there's so many players in college football that if you're if you're looking at a c2c league that you can get production from at that linebacker standpoint that I probably wouldn't pay a whole lot of anything for him because I don't see any NFL future there. And so, you know, if I needed a guy, yeah, I'd throw, you know, if it's a pick of, you know, you get to the seventh, eighth, ninth round, you know, it probably isn't going to kill you. I mean, it's what's it even worth or in some of our leagues, we have recruiting dollars. If I threw 50 bucks at somebody, I, I would, I would do that if I need a linebacker, but you know, it's such a, vast landscape of players that even if he, you know, finished at whatever it was, 200 some points and was top five, I mean, you can easily find a guy that probably scored 190 points and you're not having to give up anything to, to get him. So sorry if I think I jumped in front of you, Justice. No, I mean, that's exactly what I was going to say is, you know, he was a free agent, right? No, no one, I, none, no, no one in any of our leagues owned them before the season, right? And nope. so, instead of giving something up for him per se, I'd be trying to find that next Sean Dolak next year, right? Um, but if I was going to give something up, you know, let's say it's a ten round supplemental draft league, yeah, maybe a eight, nine, ten pick, maybe. Um, if it's uh, auction dollars. I'm probably looking around the thirty dollar range, maybe, um, somewhere around there. 
Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. I, I, I would be myself. I think I would go more with the the recruiting dollars because I'm like you guys. I'm not too crazy about giving up a draft pick for a player when you, like Chop said, you can go most likely you find, find the next somebody, one. Yeah, you know, comparable anyway that you're not having to give up a whole lot for. But yeah. I can see the scenario that if you're desperate and you're truly hurting at the position, you know. I'd kind of be where Chop is, maybe a little more, just depending on how, you know, if you've got a lot of recruiting dollars, 50, 60, maybe 75 at the most, I wouldn't go anywhere near past that. But if you're really needing and you got the recruiting dollars, then that's kind of where I would go with it. Restus, um, who is yeah. your linebacker? So for the ACC, my breakout player of the year at linebacker is Cedric Gray. I'm not going to go over his stats. We kind of already went over that. Um, and as we mentioned, he is returning for 2023. I had two honorable mentions for the ACC. The first was Marlo Wax from Syracuse, a registered sophomore. He was a three-star running back out of high school. He had 53 solos, 38 assists, 91 total tackles. He had four and a half sacks, 10 and a half TFLs, and two pass deflections and two forced fumbles. He also is returning for 2023. The other honorable mention guy I had for the ACC was James Jackson from Virginia. He's a sophomore. He was a three-star athlete in the class of 2021. He had 29 tackles, 31, uh, 29 solos, 31 assists, 60 total. Uh, one sack, one and a half TFLs, and one pass deflection. Uh, the Big 12, uh, my linebacker breakout of the year is someone that actually that Choppy was high on and mentioned also in our conference preview uh, in the uh, preseason there, and that's Danny Stutzman from Oklahoma. He's a sophomore. He's a three-star in the class of 21. He had 68 solos, 57 assists, 125 total, three sacks, 10 and a half TFLs, two interceptions, and five pass deflections. Um, my, and I actually had co-breakouts for the Big 12. So the other player I said, that linebacker that was a breakout was Jalen Ford from Texas. He's a redshirt sophomore. He's also is returning for 2023 as a three-star. 61 solos, 58 assists, 119 total, two sacks, 10 TFLs, four interceptions, two pass deflections, and three forced fumbles. And then my honorable mention, I'm pretty sure, is also someone that Choppy brought up. You can correct me if I'm wrong, Brock. Um, but you brought up in our preseason conference preview, and that's Mason Cobb from Oklahoma State. Uh, he's a redshirt sophomore, three-star he had 58 solos, 38 assists, 96 total, two sacks, 13 TFLs, an interception, a pass deflection, and a forced fumble. And he has already uh, transferred to USC for next season. Um, and they need all the defensive help they can get. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> maybe we could talk about this later, but I'm actually I'm stunned that they didn't fire the defensive coordinator and they're bringing him back. The uh, Pac-12, my breakout linebacker was Kyle Swelle from Arizona State. Uh, unfortunately, he is out of eligibility. He was a three-star tight end in the class of 2017. He had 56 uh, solos, 54 
assists for 110 total. He had three TFLs, two interceptions, and two pass deflections. Uh, had two honorable mentions from the Pac-12. The first is Femi Oladejo from California. He is a sophomore, uh, three-star, class of 21, 43 solos, 48 assists, 91 total, one sack, four and a half TFLs, one interception, one pass deflection, one forced fumble. And then Corinne Reed from Utah. He is a, a sophomore, three-star in the class of 2018. Again, uh, he's only a sophomore because he went on a church mission after high school. He had 34 solo tackles, 38 assists, 72 total, five sacks, nine and a half TFLs, one interception, uh, three pass deflections, and one forced fumble. Um, both of those those two guys, Oladejo and Reed, they, re- they really came on, and, and they should definitely be rostered in your leagues if they aren't already. Oladehu. On to you, Chopping. All right. On to you, Chop, for, for your <laughs> defensive backfield. My corners. <laughs> Fucking corners. Um, I don't know if he's a breakout or not, but I think he – Yeah, I guess I called him that, so we'll say he's a breakout. My uh, corner is uh, Emmanuel Forbes from uh, Mississippi State. Um, he had 46 tackles. Six interceptions, three returned for touchdowns. Uh, we actually declared for the NFL draft. Um, so he decided his college career is done, but I think he put himself on the map. I don't know. He's kind of a six foot one eighty or so on his on his size. It's probably not ideally what the NFL wants at that position, maybe more of a uh, slot corner in his future kind of thing. But uh you know, really came out and staked his claim at a decent, he's had a decent couple of years there. He's, I think he's been a starter all three years at Mississippi state, but um, I think this was by far his, uh, his best year. And he showed that, uh, you know, he, he feels he's ready for that next level. So um, I'll also do my, uh, do my safety as well too. We'll just do the whole defensive backfield here. And um, my defensive, uh, my safety was Rob Moore from uh, Michigan, um, three-star recruit, I want to say, um, coming in, but really, uh, of course, his stats don't want to come up from now either. But, uh, you know, he with Dax Hill leaving and some of those things out there, I think he took advantage of an opportunity in that uh, backfield there and really showed what uh, he can be. And so he uh, kind of played all over, right? He did a lot. He did free safety, strong safety, played in the nickel, um, that's the kind of safety the NFL is looking for right now. Those guys that are interchangeable, you know, you think, uh, Arizona, you know, with the two, they got back there and Baker and, um, uh, Thompson, um, you know, they, they, they can do whatever they can be. They can be the, the box safety, one play and the free safety, the next. Right. And I think that's what NFL schemes are looking for is that versatility back there. And he kind of brings that. So, he was my uh, my breakout safety for uh, the conferences I covered. So, on to you, Mr. Titan. All right. So, for my corner, uh, it's a player that you heard me mention uh, during the season at, with our episodes. Uh, it's Bentley Sanders, a three-star uh, corner for Nevada. 
uh, had 82 tackles, 66 solo stops, which is uh, that's a pretty high number for a corner. But that's kind of the one things you look for with corners is, you know, A, how many tackles, but B, how many is solo stops? Because that's where you're getting your fancy points at mainly there. So <clears throat> 66 is a really high number, so good for him. Uh, five TFLs, five interceptions, which led the Mountain West. He returned one for a touchdown, added another four PBUs, and forced three fumbles. So, um, you know, he was somebody that I picked up off of the waiver wire this year, and he had a good run. There was a, a stretch where I think he had an interception in two or three games straight. So, uh, you know, corners you can find all over the place. Uh, not somebody I'm trading for or – anything like that but if you need a corner and you and you're trying to pick you know go to your waivers and see what you can find so um and then the safety was jack howe another three-star from colorado state uh 108 tackles 42 solo stops three tfls a half a sack three interceptions three pbus and one forced fumble and he's just a sophomore so he's got two maybe three years i think with with the COVID year. So he's probably got three more years of eligibility left, at least two, but um, that's somebody I would probably look to see if he's available, pick him up. Uh, maybe if you're making a trade, get him thrown in because with the eligibility and that high level of play, that that'd be a good little pickup or add in for you. And that is my secondary justice. You're up. All right. So for the ACC, my cornerback, my breakout was Aiden White from NC State. He is a redshirt sophomore, three-star. He had uh, 36 solo tackles, 46 total. He had one sack, four TFLs, four interceptions, and nine uh, uh, PBUs. He is returning for 2023. I had two honorable mentions. The first is Fentrell Cypress uh, from Virginia. He is a redshirt sophomore, also a three-star. Should be noted he is transferring to Florida State. He had 28 solos, 39 total, and 14 PBUs. And the other is Chandler Rivers from Duke. He is a true freshman. He was a three-star. He had 33 solos, 52 total. He had one interception and six uh, PBUs. For safety, my ACC safety breakout was Darius Joyner from Duke. He was a transfer. He started off his career in Western Illinois and then Jacksonville State, and he just transferred as a graduate transfer to Duke this this past season. So he was a one-and-done kind of guy. He is out of eligibility. He had 62 solo tackles, uh, 35 assists, 97 total. He had four sacks, eight TFLs, two interceptions, uh, five uh, uh, pass breakups, and two forced fumbles. And my honorable mention was Cam Kinchins from Miami. He's a sophomore four-star, 34 solo tackles, 59 total. He had uh, six interceptions this past season, along with uh, six pass breakups and one forced fumble. On to the Big 12, my cornerback breakout was... Uh, THT, Trivius Hodges Tomlin from TCU. He is a redshirt junior. He has declared for the NFL draft. He is the nephew of LaDainian Tomlinson. 
he had 40 solos, 50 total, uh, three interceptions, and 15 uh, PBUs, as well as a forced fumble. My honorable mention is Josh Newton, his counterpart there at TCU, a redshirt junior. Uh, he was a transfer from UL Monroe, and he is returning for uh, 2023. He had 26 solos, 35 total. He had uh, three interceptions and 12 PBUs. And then uh, Kobe Bryant from Kansas, redshirt sophomore, three-star, 32 solos, 38 total. He had three interceptions and nine PBUs. For the safeties for the Big 12, my uh, breakout player was Jason Taylor from Oklahoma State. He's a redshirt junior, three-star. He has declared for the NFL draft. He had 80 solos, 99 total. He had six interceptions and seven PBUs. And honorable mention, his running mate in the backfield there at Oklahoma State, Kendall Daniels, who was a redshirt freshman, uh, four-star recruit, class 21, 45 solos, 71 total tackles. He had uh, three interceptions, five PBUs. And then Devin Lemire from Baylor, another redshirt freshman, 35 solos, 57 total. He had two interceptions and four PBUs. And on to the Pac-12, my cornerback breakout was Jeremiah Irby, who is a uh, true freshman. He was also, I believe he was a freshman All-American first team. He is a uh, three-star recruit. He had 19 solo tackles, 36 total, one interception, and 11 PBUs. And on the safety for the Pac-12, my breakout was R.J. Hubert from Utah. He is a he is only a redshirt junior, even though his recruiting class was 2016. Uh, like all the other Utah kids I mentioned, he went on a church mission after high school. I have not seen. He does have one year left, um, and so I have not seen if uh, I have not found anything that says what he's going to do, whether he's returning or not for this coming season, but he had 56 solos, 78 total. He had three interceptions, two pass, uh, two PBUs and two forced fumbles. And then honorable mention from the PAC 12 is Jaden Hicks, uh, Washington state, a red shirt, freshman, three-star recruit, 45 solos, 76 total, one interception and six PBUs. And I think that wraps up our, uh, breakout players. So now we're on to our players of the year. So Choppy, you want to lead us off? Let's just see how long he goes here. Yeah, I muted myself and I forgot to unmute Damn myself. It, justice. <laughs> oh man. I didn't want to that. Me just keep talking. <laughs> hey, I was trying to be respectful when Justice was going through something there for it felt like an hour. Um I overachieved on the assignment, man. You what did, you, you did, and we are all more tired because of it. Well, I'm sure the <laughs> listeners appreciate the extra names though. I'm sure. Yeah. So um, so anyway, I got group of five for the players of the year, and uh, I'm going to start with the American Conference. And my player of the year in the American is a linebacker from Cincinnati, Ivan Pace. Uh, 136 tackles, 20 
tackles for losses, nine sacks. Um, I mean, I'll be one. I was skeptical about his jump, his jump from the Mac at Miami to uh, there, but man, he came out and you know, I was wrong. So uh, hell of a year. Um, I'm not for sure if he entered the draft or not. Yeah, um, yeah, he did. I'm did he? Sure. Okay, It'd be interesting to see uh, how that all breaks down for him this off season. So um, he was my American Conference Player of the Year. Um, my Mountain West Conference Player of the Year is uh, Junior or why do I always give myself these hard names? I should just pick an easier name. Villami, Villami, Fihoku, um, from San Jose State, and he had he's had a really good career there actually. But yeah, sixty nine tackles this year, nineteen tackles for loss, nine sacks, um, and was really the the cornerstone of that defense. And he was uh, you know obviously one of the top edge guys or defensive line guys you could get in uh college fantasy football based on what justice told us earlier um i just did this next guy here so justice wouldn't get all upset but my line for the sun belt i went with uh jason henderson from uh old dominion um i spell it with a y though because i asked why does he have so many assists um as opposed to solo <laughs> tackles but uh, all kidding aside, man, I mean, 100 and, well, 180 some tackles combined, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, that's just phenomenal, you know. And you, and you watch you watch them play, man. He's he's there. He's around the ball all the time. Um, kind of an undersized kid, I think. But yeah, he's yeah. He for NFL of, purposes. Yes, he had a hell of yeah. a year, you know. So uh, you know, definitely deserving of that. And I think you know, if you based on what other folks did in the Sun Belt. Um, you know, I, I feel he's deserving of that. And I know they gave it to uh, the uh, – what happened to our screens? Like, we're showing half of us or, not, or something. Well, Justice, Justice dropped out, so. Hollywood? Oh, my gosh. I, I, just I did see. not do anything. Until he gets I, back, we'll go. There I can't. I'm scared. What um, I don't know. Anyway, I'm at uh, Conference USA, the exciting Conference USA that everybody loves. Um, and uh, Jordan Ferguson was my defensive player of the year there from Middle, Middle Tennessee State. Uh, 68 total tackles, 17 for a loss, nine sacks. I think he had DT eligibility in a lot of leagues too. You can probably correct me if I'm yeah, wrong on that. Yeah, he did. He did. And uh, just a phenomenal year for him. Um I'm not for sure if he's back for another year. He's been in school a long time, so he might have used up everything, but maybe he's got one more left. I don't who knows with all the COVID and whatever rules they got going on now, but he's been there. He's been at Middle Tennessee State since like 2017. So he may or may not get another shot, but uh, he had a great year, and I think he was the uh, leader there. Um, and then for the Mac, I had two guys I really couldn't differentiate from that we uh we've talked about both of them jose ramirez and sean dolick um both had outstanding years and i you know i i don't know half six of one half a dozen another for me but i think they're uh you know those are probably the uh the guys for that conference there as i break it down and looked at it that were most deserving so that's uh that's my my g fibers all 
rocks. And I'm going back on mute. <laughs> All right. So I had the Big Ten. Um, and the defensive player of the year was Jack Campbell for Iowa. 128 tackles, his second straight season uh, of 125 plus. He had eight games this season of 10 or more tackles. A uh, hundred, or I'm sorry, 60 of those were solo. He had five and a half TFLs, one sack, one forced fumble, three pass deflections, two interceptions. Uh, really the leader for that defense. And if they could only play defense, they might win. Their problem was when they had to play off. <laughs> yeah. They just couldn't yeah. score Absolutely. no points. It's, no jokes aside, their defense was one of the best around and one of the best I've seen in the last few years. They, they were just really good, but they just couldn't get no help with their offense. So, But, yeah, Jack Campbell was the um, uh, defense player of the year for the Big Ten. And then you go to the SEC, and for the second year in a row, the winner is Will Anderson, Jr. Uh, for Alabama. Um, I don't know what else you can say that hasn't been said over the past two years. Uh, didn't quite have the season that he had last year, which is a shame because he should have been a Heisman. Well, he, uh, he didn't, but he also played a lot less snaps. He did. He did play a lot less snaps. Um, like, I want to say almost like 200 less snaps. Yeah, but there was a drop-off. Now, I'd have to go back and look at some of this – but he went from 102 tackles to 51 this year. Uh, 17 tackles for a loss, 10 tackles, or 10 sacks, one interception, two pass deflections. Uh, he was easily the best defensive player in the SEC this year. Um, likely to be a top three pick, I have to think. I don't. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think if Chicago does not trade out of the number one pick. He is the number one pick. You think so? Cause I've been, and I do too. I agree with you. I think that's where you go if you don't trade out, but I've been hearing a lot of Jalen Carter in that conversation too. And I think that's just too high. If they want Carter, I think they can trade back and still get him. Yeah. I mean, if, if I'm going to, yeah, yeah. I, I, I just, unless you, unless you think Carter is the next Aaron Donald, right. Right. And that's, that, that's a, that's a high price to pay for a defense tackle. Right. In my opinion. And I don't, yeah. But if you're forced to pick there, you know, if nobody wants to trade up with you, then if you think he's the guy, I guess you go get him. But me, myself, they, they need Will Anderson. They, they need yeah. that pass rusher. So Replace Will Mack that he lost, right? Yeah. Yep. And Robert Quinn's not been up to par, you know, when he was there. So they, they, They've got some youngsters there, but they need that superstar, and I think Anderson can be that guy. I, I um, think the hard thing is like justifying that pick at one one with what you could get any potential trade to trade down, and if you go from Will Anderson to you know let's say Wilson or uh, the kid from Clemson or something like that, you know you you obviously have to do that. You don't sit pat on that pick saying that. If someone's willing to give you 
you know, the, the rumors I've read like right now is the Colts are willing to give uh, four or five, whatever number they're at, uh, Michael Pittman plus additional picks. I mean, you have to jump at that stuff. Yeah, I don't, there's no, absolutely. you know, so. Chicago needs a lot, right? I mean. They yeah, don't. you know, and I don't know that, you know, I, I don't know that. Uh, I, 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 yeah, so I don't, I, it's, it, it'd be interesting to see how they, what they do with that pick and parlay, how they parlay that into what that organization wants to do going forward. Right. So. Right. And, and I think luckily, luckily for them, there's a lot of teams behind them, right. From two to 10, there's quite a number of teams that need a quarterback. So. Well, and who's to know, say the Texans that right. don't even trade up. Right. Exactly. You know, I mean, if you think there, somebody's going to trade up to get Stroud, or I mean, not Stroud, but, um, Right. Well, if, you, if you think, you know, if, if they think, you know, when they do their player evaluation, if they think Young's head and shoulders above Stroud or Stroud's head and shoulders above Young, you know, you're sitting there with two and 12, you know, plus you got other additional picks in the future because of the Watson deal. You know, maybe you do say, well, let's just get it done. That's our guy. We want to do it. Right. And so then the bears can slide down to two if they're smart, you know, and maybe then from there, maybe they can slide down to four too. I mean, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see it. You know, someone's going to, you know, especially with uh, Stroud declaring today. So you got both those guys in there and yeah, regardless of what you think about it now, someone's going to move up for him. So. I think so too. I think somebody is going to make that push. If you're so, Chicago, Julian Stroud are push, so you've got to get there. If, if you're Chicago, you stay pat at that pick and you take Will Anderson. It makes sense for your team, but you did not maximize the value of that draft pick and what you could have done with it, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I, they they should definitely trade down for sure. Yeah. yeah, unless they hate Fields, and then they should trade Fields. I guess. Well, then they got to trade Fields and get something for him. But yeah. Yep. Trade him to Tennessee. Negative. <laughs> All right. So, go ahead. <laughs> nah, I got nothing. So, I had the ACC. Uh, my player of the year in the ACC was Kalijah Kansi, a defensive tackle from Pittsburgh. He's only a redshirt sophomore, but he's already declared for the draft. He had 17 solo tackles, uh, 31 total, seven and a half sacks, and 14 and a half TFLs. And um, Hollywood might know better than me, but I haven't really looked at the defensive tackles for the draft. But just off the top of my head, he's probably number two behind Jalen Carter. What do you think? I mean, what, what would you say, Hollywood? You cut. I couldn't hear you. My headphones cut out. Who? Um, Kalijah Kansi. I was thinking maybe he's probably the number two D tackle after Carter. Yeah, I mean, it's Carter and basically everybody else, I think, easily. But, yeah, Cansey, I think he's definitely 2-3 right there, um, easily. So, for the Big 12, I had co-players of the year. Uh, both of them are edge, and they have both declared for the NFL draft. The first is Felix Inaduke Yazoma from Kansas State. Uh, he had 46 Total tackles, eight and a half sacks, 11 TFLs, two forced fumbles. And the other is Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech. Uh, he had 30, uh, 61 total tackles, seven sacks, and 14 TFLs. Um, Tyree Wilson also missed 
the last two or three games uh, due to injury. Um, both these guys have declared for the draft. Um, I'm pro- I, I actually like Tyree Wilson better. Uh, I would rank Tyree Wilson uh, number two behind Will Anderson for edge. And I believe I have Felix number four uh, for the edge rushers for the NFL draft. Um, so, but both, I think Felix has a really high upside. I think uh, the guy, I have uh, Miles Murphy from Clemson in between Wilson and Anaduke. And for the Pac-12, my uh, players of the year, again, co-players of the year, um, they both will be off to the NFL. Uh, the first is cornerback Clark Phillips the third from Utah. He had uh, 24 total tackles, one sack, uh, six interceptions, and six PDUs. He was only a redshirt sophomore, but he declared for the draft. Um, I actually spent spent the last couple of days also looking at corners. Um, I haven't really ranked them so yet, but I think Phillips is in that four to six range for me. I think the biggest question about him is his size. So maybe if he can, uh, where he can play maybe slot corner or something, if they can use him there. Um, and then the other co-player of the year is Deion Henley from Washington State. He's out of eligibility. He was a graduate transfer from Nevada. Um, so it's good to see him transfer up to the uh, Power Five and still still be able to produce at a high level. He had 54 solos, 52 assists, 106 total tackles, four sacks, 12 TFLs, one interception, one PBU, and three forced fumbles. I'm not... I don't know if Henley has – I mean, Henley's probably going to get drafted, I'm thinking, just because of his versatility, but it's probably going to be really late would be my guess. Well, where does he fit, right? Like he, Right. You know, probably not athletic enough to be a DB and not big enough, to, you know, and – Not maybe, big enough to be a linebacker. You know, maybe, maybe he falls into that tweener thing, but you see guys like that that, you know, the NFL for a while, they're kind of overdrafted some of those guys and – um, you know, maybe, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know. So, I mean, I think he probably gets drafted, but it's, you know, it's going to be late. All I know is that there's a football game going on right now where the kickers missed four PATs. Yeah. Yes. They, should, they need to start going for two, man. Like why, they, they keep sending them out there. We might have to do a whole episode just on that. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. He's missed three all year and he's missed four in this game. Yeah. That's got to be a record for a game four in a game. It has to be. <laughs> it's not, it should be. I mean, I don't know. That's yeah. And they keep sending them out there. I don't know. Yeah. Why, why, like, at what point do you just start going for two? It just or just go back and kick. Just don't even like put him through the embarrassment. Just be like, let's just go kick off. Fuck it. We're not going for two. We're not going for a PAT. You suck. We're just gonna go kick it off. And he's usually a pretty good kicker. So yeah. Or send him home. Just have your punter go out there and try. Clearly, clearly it's just in his freaking head at this point. I don't know. Yeah, maybe he's... the maybe the Vegas mob got to him. He's shaving points. <laughs> Good thing. Good thing. Tampa Bay has no desire in scoring, so it's probably okay. So well, we've seen crazier ha- things happen this week, wild card weekend. So. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. That I'm not going to say game, completely no. Oh but... my gosh, that Chargers game that was crazy. Oh yeah, even I'm, even the Miami game yesterday. 
Yeah, yeah, they they were some good games this weekend for sure. I mean, the only game that probably wasn't that great was the Seattle game, and it, it well, they hung terrible. around for a half. Yeah, it was good. It was good for part of the game. Yeah. Um. So we've got some questions. What? Chuffy's put all his stuff down here at the bottom. Anyway, through mouth. Anyway, uh, one of our best followers and listeners, Sal Cusimano, uh, got a few questions for us. He says, when looking at a campus to Canton league with IDP, where do you draw the line on highly ranked Debbie IDP freshman sophomore players on teams like Georgia, Alabama, etc.? Do you need to see something before drafting them? Their defenses are so deep that it might not be until their junior years before they play enough, and there is so much rotation of players, they won't really help you much on the college side. How long can you really hold on to a player who is more of a Debbie pick than a campus to Canton pick? Um, I was thinking about this. Yeah, and he's right. Some A lot of cases, you got to wait your turn, right? Um, At those schools, absolutely. Well, I think but you just have to – it depends on the roster size. You know, like if you think of, you know, some of those leagues, if you roster 50, 60 players and stuff like that or more, you know, you can have those guys on there and you not don't necessarily need them to do anything right away, you know. and But now if you don't have a deep bench, then, you know, that's where it would stink. But hopefully the whole purpose of campus to Canton leagues are created where you have enough – slack there you can do both right you can get your sean dolix and not have to sacrifice a oh uh mj you know a uh freshman linebacker from georgia right you know or a small monday or yeah yeah so i don't know if uh it, i mean that's it depends on league settings and setup and stuff like that i mean i think if you got a league where you can not necessarily have to start those guys and you can afford working around them, then you got it. And it's the same on the offensive side of the ball too. You know, I mean, uh, Luther burden this year was a guy that wasn't startable, but you have to have him on your roster. And so you got to think along those terms. Now you can't have too many of them probably if you want to be competitive, but that's a whole nother. Right. I mean, I would, I would say like, Number one, I, I you should have enough roster room to have, you know, at least two of these guys, right? Spots for two, right. two of these guys. But what I will say is, generally speaking, for my personal preference, is number one, these guys are going to go much higher in a draft, and I'm willing to take them. Yeah, um, yeah, they do. Their their cost is not necessarily like you're not going to see there any return on that for. A couple, right. and, and honestly, like Georgia linebackers, like you, you might never play them throughout their whole career. Not you know? in co- not in college. Yeah, I mean, if yeah. you, you know, you'll have some of those years where maybe there's a guy that you play and stuff like that. But I mean, you know, look at uh, like Quay Walker. Like he was never necessarily a a weekly starter. I'm sure you threw him out there yeah. from time to time, but it wasn't. You weren't getting huge results from it. Yeah. And then, and then yeah, I would I say in, in, in auction drafts, they're going they, – these those kind of guys are going for way more money than I'm willing to spend. So, um, right. I mean, 
per, personally, what I would be doing is, you know, look at maybe, maybe at the end of the year when these guys haven't done anything all year, um, and we try to trade for them, right? And maybe you can get them at a discount. Yeah. And or, I think or maybe with, oh, yeah. sorry, go ahead. Or, or maybe whoever owned them dropped them because they weren't producing. Right. And I think you're both right. You got to have the roster size, right? Which I agree with Justice. I think you need to have rosters where you can get two or three of these guys, you know, and, and have the time for them to wait. Now, with that said, <clears throat> I think you got to, I was thinking about this today, I think you kind of got to go look at it school by school, player by player, right? Uh, for example, two examples, like Alabama this year, right? Um, it's tough to crack the starting roster as a freshman, like Will Anderson did and never looked back. That kind of stuff doesn't happen very often. Um, but if you look, they're losing Jordan Battle this year. They're losing uh, DeMarco Helms this year. And they're losing Brian Brandt. So they're losing three starting safeties, basically, off their team. Do they have some depth and other safeties that are coming up? I'm sure they do. But I'm looking, in that instance, I'm looking at, because they've got two safeties in this class coming in. So those are two guys that I'm probably uh, looking at maybe trying to get, if I can, if the, if the price is right, if I can get them at a decent price, draft. Yeah. I, you hey, know. I know Caleb Downs is one. I'm not sure who the other is. Caleb Downs, and I forget the other kid's name right off. He's, he's in the top 15 or 22. So they got two incoming safeties. I would look at them. Um, another one I would look at this year is Clemson, right? known for their defensive line. Well, they're losing a ton this year. They're losing Henry. They're losing um, uh, Brian Breezy. They're losing um, Murphy. Murphy. Uh, yeah, and I think they're losing a couple other guys that's had to wait their turn and just never got their opportunity. So they're losing, I think, a good five, maybe six defensive linemen. Do they have some more? Yes, I'm sure they do. But Peter Woods would be one that I would look to grab because – if he's what if everything that I've seen, he's a stud, right? So I think the opportunity now for him coming in as a freshman, he might get a little play. I think he would play a little sooner because his senior guys are moving on. And you can't do that for every school, but that's kind of what I would do. If I see a prospect that I'm interested in, like a Peter Woods or whatever, I would go look at that school and see what they're losing because Clemson's losing a lot of defensive linemen. If I need a safety, I'm looking at Alabama because, you know, they're losing three safeties right there. Not saying these guys are going to come in and start day one, but their odds are better because the, the depth chart's a little thinner there. So that's kind of what I'm looking at for uh, freshmen. And there's no guarantee that they're going to make it, right? Uh, what was it, Chop, a few years ago when we you did your uh, – I forget which league it was. Start up anyway. I bid ridiculously just to see what it was going to cost me for reforming USC, right? And here yeah. we are, two years in, and he's done nothing. So um, I'm like Justice. You know, you have to get the right deal or the right draft pick. But I just, I think playing these last few years, that's kind of defensive. That's what I'm doing. Who's losing a lot at a certain position? It's got a high recruit coming in that maybe I can take advantage of and pick up there. And then uh, let's see. His other question was, in a strictly IDP Debbie league, how much do you approach those same highly ranked IDP players? 
Do you tend to stick with the Georgia, Bama, Clemsons, etc.? cetera? Uh, recruits that the NFL seems to prefer. And he says, I like IDP G5 players, but it seems like the NFL is much more on board with Power 5. What do you think? Um, I think right away the one thing with that is the level of competition, right? Naturally, well, if you yeah. see Landerson dominate an SEC over – Jose Ramirez at Eastern Michigan, the competition right. level, you know, there's a, there's a big disparage there. So I think, yeah, that's kind of why. If you're in a heavy only league, like you don't want to get too cute and venture into too much G5 stuff. No, absolutely. Right. Not. You know, I mean, I think there's going to be, and a lot of those guys that you're going to get, it's going to be, you know, maybe like, like I could see like a Zayvon Collins, maybe someone getting after his sophomore year um, where he kind of broke out and, you know, taking a right. shot on him, you know, but um, for the most part, you know, if you have 10 Debbie spots, we'll say, you know, you'd want nine of those guys to be power five, you know, and, and out of, and honest to God, out of those, you probably want freaking six of those nine to be in the big 10 or the SEC, you know, because yeah. there's a pretty big skew to those two conferences too anymore, you know, so um yeah, I mean, you, you got to you, you enjoy them, but like it's so, you know, for every Zayvon Collins, there's 30 guys that don't ever matter, right? Well, you know? and, and, and in addition to the, I think the, the competition difference, there's usually a big size difference too. Well, I don't you think know? some of them there is. I think a lot of it's, you know, where the NFL looks too. I mean, I think there's guys all over the G5 that could probably play in the NFL, but you know, they just, they don't get eyes on them. Right. And they're not going to get that opportunity because of where they're at. And, you know, it, it, you know, you go in as you're, if you're a second round draft pick, as opposed to a seventh round draft pick, you're already up against the wall. And, yeah. you know, I, no. I, I think that's a lot of it too. Not, you know, and not to mention the, a lot of what they, you know, it's just different levels. I mean, you see that when they play each other too. So. Yeah. I mean, I, I think just like what you said, if it's a, if it's IDP only and it's Debbie, you know, I'm looking SEC and Big Ten almost probably for 80% of my spots because yep. that's just that's – Well, there's, there's guys throughout them, but, I mean, there's a lot of schools in the – you know, to me, there's a lot of schools in the ACC, the Big 12, even there's a lot of schools in the Big Ten and the SEC that really – I mean, they're not that huge of a step up from the <laughs> – some of the G5s, you know, but um, – right. You know, like you wanna, if you're looking at Clemson, you're gonna be looking at defensive line, right? What are they? What are they known for? You know, that's what Clemson. Well, and they, but they still get top recruits at other positions they do. too that you want to keep your eye on. You know, not just because they're known for it. So, yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, and kind of going, and there's no guarantee even then in SEC that they're hits, right? No, uh, like I mentioned, Corey not. Foreman for USC. He's well, right, like it doesn't do you any good to. to you know, get a bunch of players from Vanderbilt just because they're in the SEC. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, but you go to that same recruiting class that Foreman was in where he was arguably the number one overall, and it seems like Ohio State nailed that class with their their two, JT Tua Malalu and Jack Sawyer. Both of those guys were in the same class. I think JT yeah. was – for a while he pushed Corey Foreman for the top spot, but he was definitely a – I think he wound up two or three. So he was a. Uh, you got it. You know, for. And Foreman you know, was, or not Foreman, but. Um, 
Sawyer. Uh, Saw, Sawyer, he was in the top 20 somewhere. So they got two excellent pass rushers. Those two yeah. are going to be heading into year three. They're going to be studs this year. Well, and, and Foreman's, you know, he's withstood a lot of changes there at, at USC too, right? So maybe – That's true. You know, having some continuity, maybe this is finally his year. I mean, he's still a young kid and, um, you know, he could – he could, you know, when yeah. we do our breakouts next year, he could be on that list, right? Because it finally came together yeah. for him. So, and it almost, I don't want to put him this label on him, but it almost kind of forming almost, I'm having flashbacks of Derek Wingo from Florida, right? The high recruit, everybody thought he was going to come in and just take over down there for Florida. And yeah. he's done nothing. This is, he'll be headed into year four now. And he's first three years, um, first two years, you kind of give him a pass, but. Everybody thought, you know, year three, the breakout season, never happened for whatever reason. I know they've had coaching changes too, but. Well, uh, if you're stuck behind Muhammad Dabi, Diabadi or whatever his name is, that's a problem. So. Yeah. And that's it. You know, he, for as high a recruit as he was, like I said, he never, he couldn't get past uh, other players. And that's such a crapshoot sometimes with, with the high school game, right? Because you, I mean, you really don't know because in high school, you're better than everybody on the field just about every game most of the time. Uh, unless you're playing in like some of these super leagues, like in California, where you're playing national houses. Yeah. New Jersey, stuff like that. But it's a big jump. So uh, I don't know. I, I try to pick two or three that I want or. I try to do as much homework as I can. Like, you know, this is my guy. Uh, this is who I want. Now, like Justin said, most of the time it's going to cost you more than you want to pay, or it's going to cost you a draft pick higher than you want to spend to get them. Um, and, and I did, I talked about this with Charlie. I wish, was it campus to Canton? I can't remember if it was campus to Canton or Legends. Anyway, um, Foreman, the top pick, I wanted him, right? And I knew as it got up there, I was like, hey, this is too much. But my first delve into IEP Debbie, I was curious. You know, what's it going to take for me to get a player of that caliber or that recognition? And I had to pay, what was it, Chop? I think it was 275 recruiting dollars to get him that year. Yeah, you paid a lot. It was way too high. I mean, that was way too high, but it was a research purpose for me anyway. You know, I was, I'm, I'm like, where, where's the where's the line at for this? And I think to Justice's point, when you get these big name superstars that are the next big thing or are supposed to be the next big thing, you, nine times out of ten, I think you're going to have to overpay or draft way higher than you than you should. So, well, yeah, if you want them, you got to go get them. Is a thing, and I mean, that, but that's yeah. no different if you're drafting a a rookie. You know, if you want a guy, you need you need to just figure out what you're willing to pay, and you know, I'd I'd rather overpay for a guy I wanted than let him go away, and then be like, man, that sucked. He actually is good, you know. So, right. Man, I think between between uh, Legends C to C and the the Listener League, between two of them are auctions, one's a draft. I only I only acquired one defensive player in all three through through those auctions or through the draft. Um, they just they just seem to go so high, man. It just it's, yeah. It's, 
I'd, I'd I rather I'd rather I'd rather spend that on offensive talent. Yeah, and I saw the question on Twitter where somebody asked you today. You know where where do you start looking at IDP players, right? And yeah. you were right in where I think you were exactly spot on in your response, right? Like where you want to draft, you know, round seven, eight, maybe nine is where you start to look. And I always go back to like the NFL for a few years ago before he got hurt, but Darius Leonard, he was the hot thing, right? So when you do a startup, you know, seven or eight is probably where I'm looking, but I, you know, for me to get him, I had to take him in the fifth round due to where I was at and, and was, so I think you're right. You're going to have to overspend and chop is right too. If he's your guy, go get him, right? Well, I think a lot, I think if you don't get him and like chop said, you didn't take that chance. You're going to be pissed at yourself for not taking the opportunity, right? If you spend the money or the draft pick and he's a bust, then Hey, you tried, you, you did your best. Fuck it. So what move on? I think a lot of these questions is in regards to, you know, IDP. It really comes down to how comfortable you are, you know, finding people on yep. the waiver wire or through the season or later in the draft. Um, because the more the more comfortable you are, the longer you're going to be able to wait. And, uh, and so you're able to spend those resources on offensive talent. Like um, – in our listener league, which was uh, six to 16 teams and, and the startup there, I think the only person that waited longer than me to draft an IDP player was Dougie. And I drafted my first IDP player in round 16, and he drafted his first IDP player in round 17. And, you know, this past year, from an ID, just an IDP perspective, I had the highest score in IDP team. So, but again, obviously, I. I realize most people aren't in and as knowledgeable about IDP as I am. So they're not going to be as comfortable doing that. Um, but uh, I, I think it's really, that really what it, that's what it comes down to. Right. If, if you want to put in the work and, 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 you know, look at figuring out more IDPs and, and looking at them and looking at stats, et cetera, that's going to afford you the benefit of, of waiting longer. Right, and, I, and which is part of the purpose, the premise of this podcast, right? Right, hey, trying to help, do an IDP. help identify those guys. Yeah, we love doing IDP Debbie, and, you know, that's kind of where we have a passion for, but also to, to help people. I mean, as uh, long as you're not in our league, we'll be glad to help you. But, I you even know. help people in my leagues. It's funny. <laughs> yes, I, I do too. I get questions from guys all the time asking. So, and, 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 I, and I answer their questions, just, you know, the same way I would answer yep. them if, they weren't in my league, so. Yep, absolutely. Yep. So, Sal, hopefully we answered all your questions to your satisfaction. Unless Choppy um, asks a question, then, then I'm not going to answer Oh, yeah, I give Choppy straight crap. You know, he'll say, hey, Like man, I would ever ask you two guys a question. <laughs> uh, have I? Yes, sure. you have. Yeah. Well, I just asked one there, I guess. So, all right, you got me. <laughs> oh, goodness. But, yeah, anytime y'all are, need help, feel free to reach out to us. We're all glad to help out, steer you in the right direction, all that good stuff. Uh, again, we've got three openings in our listener league, the IDP Ground Listener League, 20 bucks. Um, that's a couple – 
that's a pizza or a couple of trips, a couple of stops for coffee here and there. So um, reach out to us. Uh, we've got three openings. Um, pretty fun to leak. We've had, you know, different winners. Uh, we've, we're going to have Dwight on, which now that we're back in the swing of it, he won our camp. Yeah, we got to get Dwight and Colin on. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to have them on and let them gloat and tell them how much we hate them and all that good stuff. So be sure to check that out. We're going to, Justice is going to get that set up for us. Um, and I think that's about it. Thanks to Trophy Smack. We showed you the rings earlier. Uh, you need something for your champion. Go over there. They got oh. belts too. Rings, belts. They, they got rings, belts, plaques, trophies. Um, everything's customizable. Uh, some of the stuff is amazing, the belts and stuff. They've even got some stuff for losers in your league. Um you know, go there and check them out. Great sponsor for us, trophysmack.com. Uh, you can click on my bio for the link for the uh, for the discount. And we got a couple uh, of questions here real quick. I was going to say, did you see those questions on Twitter? Yes. So, Nino Brown. I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, underscore YouTube. T to two. Uh, yep. JL Skinner or Jair Brown? Jair Brown. Jair Brown. I would go I like Skinner. Well. I like Skinner. I, I do I, like I, Skinner. I, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think Brown is more of a all-around safety. I think Skinner is more of a downhill in the box type. In the box Not kind of guy. Cover and, and stuff like that. He can, but I just think overall his game is a little more defined by what he can do in the box that way. Um, Brown, I think he's just a more complete player. So, um and again, it depends on where they land too, right? Uh, which we'll find out in a few months. Um, good question. And uh, he says he's in. So if he wants in the <laughs> list, so yeah. Uh, yeah, be sure to hit one of us up. Me, Justice. Actually, or... I'm uh, I'm on uh, his podcast tomorrow night. So, Well, there you go. You I can, will be uh, on Nino's podcast and... to talk about cornerbacks and edges. For the 23 Ooh. NFL draft. So, and what podcast does he have? Go ahead and give him a shout out. Toilet to titles. Toilets to titles. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So go check them out. Um, unless anybody's got anything else for the day, I think we're done. We're, we're back in the swing of things. I don't know what we've got planned for next week. Um, but we'll, uh, we'll I'll be skiing. So you guys, you boys have fun. Uh, next yeah. Week. Huh. You can't leave me alone with Chop. Come on. Uh, we might I mean, just fight. we might just may, fight next week. Maybe if the internet works, I can do something. Um that's probably not a good idea. That I mean we're gonna be arguing the whole time. Words are gonna well, be said, villains are gonna get hurt. We'll Beer can't I might, be I might, I might turn not turn my mute off the whole show. <sighs> Please do. Please do that. If, if if the internet works good, I, I will I will try to join you guys, but we'll we'll have to no, see. No, you don't have to, bud. You enjoy your your uh, little vacation or whatever. But it, I mean, if you want to, and you can. You're more than welcome. But uh, enjoy your vacation. I know everybody needs a break after dealing with chop for a couple hours. You know, it's just rude. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully he won't set me up for fail next week like he did us this week. Hey, let's do this for the topic, and then. We it ain't my it. fault you can't read and translate. Normally, I would agree with you on that. But well, since we but since we both messed up, up too. 
Yeah, Mr. Overachiever over here. Well, that's just because Justice over there looking for a gold star. I know. Well, I, I just really thought that that's what we were doing was each conference. But well, you should realize my level of dedication initiative. It wasn't going to be that many players. <laughs> and you should have realized my dedication or my. Uh, hey, my I asked for you following instructions. I asked you if I needed to translate it in Vol for you. And you this is me, on you. You you know me, so you're responsible. You told, if I you told me to f on, I am not responsible for you. Oh yeah, that's Kyle's job. You should allow for my screw ups. <laughs> yeah, I don't have that much uh, time. But yeah, anyway. and, and Kyle's in the listener league too, so you get to compete yeah, against Kyle us. Is, compete yeah. against Kyle. Um, let's see, we got Austin. Colin and Dwight Colin. from C to C. So, yeah. Um, yeah. It's a good am time. I, am I in that league? Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Sweet. You and I had the top two teams in the regular season, and then we shit the bed in the playoffs. Yeah. Well, at least I made it to the championship game in the, in the campus uh, campus yeah. side. But I, like I think you lost in the semis. <laughs> the NFL side, I lost in the first round. I think I was the number two seed and lost in the first round. So. Yeah, yeah, I made the championship game. I just couldn't get over the hurdles, so. which seemed to be the theme of the year. With some <laughs> of my things. It happens. It's uh, definitely disappointing to have those good of teams. And then there's so much luck involved, sure. you know. There it is. There it is. And I, don't, I think people. I mean, you could be the best of the best, but you still got to have some luck. Um, yeah. That just the way, that's just the way it is. I mean, the, the, obviously, the more prepared and the better you are, the you know you're putting yourself in the best position possible. But still, you, you, there's got to, you know, unless you're playing against kindergartners, there's got to be some luck involved. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, again, congrats to Dwight and Todd, our listener league winners. I'll be getting those rings out to you, hopefully this week. Um, we've got a. Nino's going to take one of the uh, open spots. We still have two more left. So if you're interested in that, hit us up. Uh, thank you to Trophy Smack for the rings for our listener league winners. Um, if you have a league, need something to crown your champion with, go over there and check them out. Uh, we'll be back next week. I guess it'll just oh, be me and Brock. Oh. <laughs> oh, this this can't be good. Be all right. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, as well as on YouTube. There you go. You can follow us on Twitter at DiddyIDPGrind. Um, yeah, podcasts wherever we're Apple, Spotify, Google, uh, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Podbean. Um, you can find all find us basically everywhere you want to do that. So, um, me and Broccoli will be back next week. If you got any questions, please hit us up. We're always glad to help. And with that, we are out. <laughs>